Hey guys, welcome to the Marist Millennials Podcast. It is 7.15pm on Sunday, April 12th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. Or if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shayola. And we're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, we share tools for millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the website, marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash mfmillennials. Rose, Twitter, and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar, and it'll pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following, or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from workbooks to our new How to Change Your Love Life in 90 Days workbook, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Yeah. All right. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everybody. Yes, yes. Hey, guys. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Uh, We're back again with another podcast. I'm hoping you wrapped up a great weekend um, and had a great start to your week. Um, I don't think that we have done a podcast since the whole COVID outbreak and, you know, quarantine life. We have not. But we do hope that you guys are holding up well um, on our end. Um, we are fortunate to both be essential workers. Um, Sam works in IT and I work in healthcare. Quote unquote essential. We know that everybody's job is essential. Right, but um, considered essential, I guess. So things haven't really changed much for us, um, I guess, besides the evenings and weekends and not being able to do anything. Um, but, you know, still though, I know that I can't wait to go outside, um, especially now that the weather is getting warmer on our side of town. Yeah. Um, listen, your girl just wants to go to brunch. Like, I, I, just, I just want to be outside in the sun and just... <sighs> but nevertheless, um, all jokes aside, we have been enjoying this time. Um, you know, our friends and, you know, our church family have found many ways to become creative and spending time with each other. And, you know, for me, I've really been keeping myself sane with um, home decor and decorating this house. So, Man, let me tell you, yeah, I have put up a couple couple desks, couple bookshelves, couple stools. It's been crazy. A couple tables. It's, yep. it's been wild around here. Listen, I'm like, listen, you can you can put this on your resume at this point. You might just have to be a carpenter. Like, <laughs> so, so, you know, I've, we, we've been definitely trying to keep ourselves busy. Um, you know, before we get into our points, in light of COVID, we do kind of want to share some positives. You know, I think um, a lot of times when people do talk about just just quarantine state that we're in it's you know it comes from a weary and you know grieving place and understandably so right um but we do want to shed some light um one thing we want to say is what a great time for family rebuilding right it's time it's time to rebuild the family um it's time for everybody to start reconnecting you know there's there's so much rigmarole that we go through uh throughout um throughout the day that we forget these primary relationships that God has blessed us with and you know loving that you know there's children spending more time with their parents we're loving that spouses are spending more time together and even that um our families are keeping in touch even more uh, this this 
just reminds us of just how great that is. Yeah, um, and you know, um, in regards to spouses spending more time with each other, one thing that Sam was saying to me earlier, he was just like, you know, this time has been great. Like, you know, you and I have been able to really have intentional time and have better conversations with each other yeah. um, that we just didn't have the time to have, per se. Um, and then also, you know, this is a time that just reminds Sam and I that it is just yes, us. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. we are the ones in this covenant, um, nobody else. This is a time where, you know, depending on how far you live, you can't even see your family. Yeah. And even if you do live kind of close, you still can't even see your family because yeah. of the shelter in place <laughs> things that are going on. So um, it really just reminds you that, you know, during this time, you know, it's just you and your spouse. Y'all going to be having conversations. Y'all going to be making decisions on how you want your family to move with no external output. Right. Input, no external input, and it is amazing, <laughs> right? So that is something that, you know, it's been a blessing in the midst of all this. Yeah. Um. Also, you know, check on your single friends, man. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of the time during this moment, we forget about um, those who don't necessarily have uh, a companion with them, uh, per se. Um, if you are a single person and you're living by yourself even, you know, this is a time in which temptation can be very, it, it can be very tempting for uh, certain certain besetting sins to kind of, you know, work their way back in. Um, that you were usually able to keep yourself uh, busy with your friends. It's very hard for you to keep yourself busy with your friends now. So a lot of the um, <clears throat> the discipline, the personal discipline and the, the, the just the mental exercise of, you know, resisting certain things, <clears throat> that comes up now. Um, I also think, though, that we should be reaching out to them. Just reach out yeah. to your single friends see and see how they're doing. Like I think that actually this is the time for you to exercise those social skills and those muscles that you probably took for granted You know, when mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to yeah. reach and, out. And that's definitely me because um, I've definitely been convicted in that area because um, I think like it's very easy for me to just be – solo dolo and be content in that <laughs> i mean i've been the only child for a minute so i was telling sam the other day listen it is very easy for me to be my be myself, myself yeah. so um and then you know having sam come along it's just kind of like okay now i have my best friend in the house all the time i really don't need to talk to anybody else but um you know i've been convicted in that because i'm like no rochelle like you need to reach out. Look, look, look at you now, missing people and mm-hmm. you know all that nature. And so you you need to really just kind of um, be intentional. Yep. And so um, yeah, man. Um, and then also connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ during this time. Yeah, uh, there are plenty of people within your church um, that you know could use a hey, how are you doing? And that you could grow grow closer to during this time. Exactly. I mean, you'll be surprised. Just say, just calling and saying, "Hey, how you doing?" You'd be surprised the amount of just people will just gush at you literally <laughs> and just tell you everything about what's going on in their lives and just like you know, like, oh my goodness, I, I'm just so happy that you even called. Like, like, yeah, I just needed to talk to somebody about blah 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 or blah blah blah. So. Just, yeah. yeah, help people get, you know, help 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 people sh- shoulder this particular burden with them. This is a burden that you should help people shoulder. Um, as Because, you know, there's, there's some burdens that you don't help people shoulder, right? Because that's something that they have to go to God about. But there are certain burdens that, yeah, we are called to come alongside and help each other with, and this is one of them. Yeah, this is where community um, is, 
you know, put on the front line. This is where you kind of show up. Um, we've been doing it all from the Zoom to the Netflix parties, parties to everything. It's been crazy. We've just been having a good time. So um, we encourage you to do the same in your own and neck of the woods. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the podcast. Um, this it? podcast um, is... What is it? It's called <laughs> Why Some Newlyweds Are Disappointed When Married or okay. Why They Experience Disappointment When Married. Mm-hmm. And um, this is in light of the conference that we kind of hinted at on the last podcast, but yes. we didn't go into in extreme detail because we wanted to do that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is in light of the Marriage of Your Dreams po- conference that we went to hosted by um, Paul, Paul Tripp. Paul Tripp, yeah. And it was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. It was a course of two days. Um, and, uh, you know, they had, of course they had praise and worship, but then they had these sessions and it was four sessions in in total, two sessions for each day. And it was just great information, like so many things for us to learn. And we were just having so much conversation. It was a cute little date night for, for Sam and I Mm -hmm. just kind of get up and enjoy, you know, hearing God's word as it pertains to marriage. Um, so it was just, um, amazing um before we get into our points um i think we'd like to share just kind of like how we've experienced disappointment um in our marriage and i think um overall i think to sum it all up i think that you know it took us a bit of trial and error just to understand and fully grasp the concept um that you know we married god placed a person only for us, but a person that was a flawed sinner, you know, the both, the both of us, um, and just kind of figuring out, you know, the ways in which that will constantly manifest itself in marriage was a hard thing for us to kind of grasp just because, Mm -hmm. you know, we knew this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, we didn't know, we knew that we both were flawed sinners. We all know that it's kind of like the basics of, you know, Christianity. Um, but you know, just being and experiencing it real time, raw, uncut, unfiltered, um, was something that, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, definitely were lots of areas of disappointments for us at various times. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the basic, uh, you know, uh, the philosopher Mike Tyson, uh, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Yeah. And then um, I think that was what essentially happened. We <laughs> We both got punched in the face. With uh, with marriage, and I know it doesn't happen for everybody, but um, for those that it does happen to, there are a lot of different um, things that I think we should be looking towards in regards to expectations for what causes disappointment in marriage, uh, based off of those expectations and things like that. So, you know, seeing it in real time really does uh, help with. Coping and adjusting to that process. And leading onto the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So um, point one, reasons why some newlyweds are disappointed when they get married. So the first thing is just that these teachers out here be just be misleading y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's really what it is. Um, so, um, you know, you have a lot of people who teach marriage content or like preach marriage content and you know the spectrum on how they teach it just 
can go from one end of the spectrum to another. Um, but the one that I'm talking about specifically that is a little bit misleading is the one that kind of just like paints this rainbows, daisies view of marriage. Like, you know, like, or you can see like so many like sociograms that just pretty much insinuate that the person that you marry is just there to make you feel awesome constantly. Yeah. And, and and if they don't do that, then you look, you're not, you didn't marry the right one. Like, you know, yeah, things of that, that nature. That's exactly how that, that, the whole one marrying the one doctrine, it comes in because of those false teachers that set up those expectations that are false. Like if you, if you tell people that if your marriage is not awesome, then you married the wrong one. I mean, naturally they're going to be like, well, I want to go marry the right one. And right. they're going to do what? They're going to give up on that marriage and go to the next one before you know their three marriages in and still ain't figured it out. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so things like, or, or things, people who say like, oh, you know, I prayed for an amazing man and I got him. Or like, you know, I prayed for an amazing mother-in-law. I think I saw that one time. Um, and if you pray this, if you just pray, like if you just pray, pray this prayer, if you pray this prayer, and if you just say in God's words and just read this verse, then you know you can get the best mother-in-law, and you, or yeah. you you can get the best spouse. Like you really can. And and then they follow that up with like you know constant photos of like the lovey-dovey areas of their marriage, and 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 it's just like yeah, but what happens when that record button is off though? Right. And right. um and what it does is it shortchanges the beauty of the slow and meaningful sanctification that the gospel brings to your marriage. Right. Um and so in addition to that, what happens is, you know, we're not equipped to deal with sin, sin from our spouses, and it really shuts us down when we experience it. Yeah. Um, you know, sin is what we do, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's natural that uh, you know, the phrase that if you're not growing, you're dying. And um the way I look at it is that uh, when it comes to those particular <clears throat> mental muscles that we have, we do need to learn that whenever someone gives you the pat on the back and they give you that thing that kind of just like placates to you and makes you seem as though you're all that and that you know all you got to do is pray this prayer and you'll get the perfect thing, that is stunting your growth. And when you stunt your growth, as I said, if you're not growing, you are dying. And that to me is where you have to be careful of the flattering words. You have to be careful of the easy peasy one, two, three prayers that, you know, people will try to throw at you to, you know, just make you feel good on the outside. Oh, I prayed the prayer. He left the conference. He stood and get a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, not, not only that, but just that, that way of teaching completely contradicts the actual the scripture like, that, like, that, it's, that they're trying to point you to, quote right, unquote. Right. Because it's like, you know, we all need. Christ, right? Sin is what we do. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Christ in the beginning and we wouldn't need him consistently until we die. Right. So when you have these teachers that preach things like, oh, if you just pray this prayer, you'll get an amazing man who'll keep you happy. Uh, God doesn't even say that. So, right. so why, right. why, are you, why are the why teachers are we saying, saying that? And, and then, you know, and it's not to say, because I think one of the common uh, objections that will come to this is they'll say that, well, are you saying that prayer is, is not important? Prayer is important. Prayer is is because it, it prayer shows us how dependent we are on God, and God will by all means sh- make that manifest to his 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 daughters and and and, and sons and God the way uh, he sees the way fit, he though. sees fit exactly and and so we're not saying that you shouldn't pray we we absolutely believe you should pray but you should pray within the will that the scripture says that you should pray yeah in. otherwise you're decreeing and declaring and we know that 
that ain't <laughs> what you should be doing. So, um, next. Yeah. So, so, so you get married, right? Your spouse sins and they sin again, right? Um, listen, y'all, like when you're married, you get the love, you get the sex, you get the trips, you get all the fun things, but you also get a front row seat to their sin. And it's because you're around them 24 seven as best as, you know, unless you're working and stuff like that. Right. Um, you're not seeing your church members or your best friends get up in the morning with an attitude. Right. You know, you're just seeing the best parts of them. You're not seeing your pastor speak unlovingly to his wife or be irritable with his children. You know, you're not seeing the social media Christian influencer that you're idolizing. You're not seeing their sin, but you know what? They're doing it. And, you know, you'll see your spouse do it firsthand. So you have to just like really prepare yourself for the reality of marriage and the part of marriage that is supposed to grow you. Um, these teachers misleading people really make a lot of newlyweds disappointed once they're met with marriage head on. Mm-hmm. They get the false expectations. And, and that, that to me is the primary disappointment. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other things that disappoint people in marriage as well. Um, but the false expectations, especially when we were at this conference, when, that's one of the things that he drilled home. Uh, to us so we just definitely wanted to share that with you so um what yep. else do we have here as far as for reason number two um so reason two we have um newlyweds are disappointed because we're selfish right mm-hmm. um we love ourselves and refuse to love god enough to let that love for god trickle into our marriages so we want what we want so much and and it is so important that the idea of being selfless and loving God enough to put our desires to the side mm. is unable to trick into trickle into our marriage so that we can love our spouse selflessly because we are too busy thinking about ourselves. Right. Um, and, you know, wanting your way as a spouse, it's going to result in arguments if you always want your way all the time. I mean, there's two people... <laughs> in the building you know yep. it's not gonna it's, it's just that's not possible and um or what happens is you end up it ends up being where you guys are always arguing or one person just becomes a lay down which is usually the husband and he just does whatever the wife wants because he doesn't want to deal with he don't want to smoke right. <laughs> right and so well i mean i think about this in in terms of one of the reasons obviously is that we're selfish and, and and that we're greedy to self. The way the way you can really know this is think about the second greatest commandment that Jesus Christ said. The first one is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. Yeah. Like it's literally in there where he's trying to let you know like He's like I know you're by, selfish. By a, by a, de- <laughs> by a default position, everybody is what? selfish everybody is greedy they want what they want for themselves and i mean this goes back to our progenitors adam and eve like the thing that they wanted was to to they wanted to take the liberty or the uh the um the uh the privileges that were not allotted to them and they and that's what the devil was tempting them to so there's a level of selfishness in everybody and and once you start to recognize that that's when you can start to counter counteract it 
Um, And, you know, we talked about this in previous podcasts. It's like we say we want to love someone. Like we're like, oh, I can't wait until I get my spouse so I can just love (laughs) on them. I can, oh, yeah, I just want to love on them. But what we really (laughs) want, we really are lying out here. We really want um, marriage so that we can be loved Loved. and pleased. And Mm -hmm. it's really all about us. And if you do not believe me, take a trip down your Facebook feed. Take a trip down your Instagram feed. All the wives are saying, oh, let me show you how much my husband loves me so much. Right. Right? Um, and, and the husbands do it too. Let me show you how much my wife, she cooks and takes care of the home for me. It's all about me. It's all about you. You'll Maybe you'll get something about your about the other person. Maybe, okay, it's Mother's Day or it's Father's Day or it's like right. their birthday. So Every I have once to, in a while you see those little special yeah. occasions that come up where they do something and they put it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever But like for that. the most part, besides that, it's like, no, I'm telling you, you how this person loves me. me. Exactly. And so, um, you know, when you kind of just are constantly in that cycle, and of course it's not to say that your husband is not or your wife is, are not going to do things that make you happy, right? That's mm-hmm. not what we're saying. But um, when you just condition yourself that marriage is all about you and not about some of the things we're going to get into later um yeah of course you're going to be disappointed because <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely um so point three boo all right um point three was that you look at marriage for happiness and not for holiness yep. you know um marriage is not for you to become you know this social media um influencer marriage is not for you to uh to show off you're married to to your married friends or your uh, your or like, single friends, yeah. Um, but uh, marriage is how God makes His invisible grace visible by giving spouses to one another to give each other the grace they need. Right, and so you know, marriage is used to sanctify your spouse, and that is what you signed up for. And I think that. Um, people do not really talk about that aspect of marriage. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to come to your wedding. I'm going to get you a a wedding gift from your registry and I'm going to celebrate you on the reception and call me if you're, if you guys are headed for divorce or something like that. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, but nobody really talks to you and says you have signed up to be in a covenant with this person and be their mirror and be in another vessel that God will use to grow them. That is what you signed up for um you know no power of romance this is another thing we heard from the conference no power of romance is greater than god's plan for sanctification in you and your spouse's life let me say that again just the overall desire to be romanced and adorned it is not greater than god's plan for sanctification in the both of you um you know your job is to support the plan God has for your spouse's lives. And that's not just in business or in finances. That's in the breakdown of your spouse's nasty sin yeah. and yours too. It's, 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 it's mostly spiritual, to be honest with you. Like business and finance, that's, that's a very small part. Um, if I could say when the way I've grown personally in this marriage, the most thing I've grown in is my spiritual, my spiritual um, uh, growth. Because like... There are just aspects to which you think you have a grasp on something, and then when you get married, you realize, no, you do not. Right. You were just you were just giving yourself a pat on the back because you hadn't really faced the the pressure that would have to see. Okay, you claim that you're a patient guy, Sam. Okay, now you're actually in a situation where you have to exercise that 
and you're constantly in that situation where you have to exercise it. How patient are you? Right. How patient are you? Because you seem like you seem like you a little you was a little uh, you, you kind of you sounded like you were a little annoyed earlier when you were talking to your wife uh, in the morning and you know you didn't get enough sleep last night. Right. Or or it's kind of like you know we're never irritated with ourselves, right? Right. So before we get married, you probably think, oh, I'm not really an irritable guy. I'm not really an irritable girl. I mean, because I just been dealing with myself all day and I've been handling it pretty well. And then God said, okay, well let me put another person in, into the picture and you are just irritable mm-hmm. right and it's another thing and that also reminds me of kind of like how you know we all how jesus says to us like he's always requiring us to go to the next level like we're like oh well you know i haven't murdered anybody and god's like <laughs> yeah but if you even like hate your brother you've right. already murdered him right? right and so a lot of times we're kind of like yeah i'm a cool person i'm a cool person and then god puts another person in there and say okay well show me let mm-hmm. me see and and then the things and then you'll be like okay i think i have god's command down pack and then your spouse will be able to say no you could do better in this area and you're constantly doing that so that's do you part mm-hmm. you could do better in this area you can do better and it's really god just kind of using your spouse as a vessel to want you to constantly go up to the next level, level. Right. and so um you know that that's just another thing you know you have to just remember that you know look to your marriage as strengthening you and just perfecting you in your holiness Um, because you know happiness is gonna flee it's a fleeting emotion and we've said that many times on this podcast before yeah man so um those are our points but we do want to kind of um before we wrap up talk about what to do when you are disappointed right right it's a natural feeling um it's not something that is the end of the world so when you do face disappointment what do you do and this is going to be very counterintuitive you ready for this one guys Praise God. God. <laughs> when you're disappointed, praise God, because that means that you are in a functional marriage. Yes, that you are. That means that God is working on something, either mm-hmm. you or your spouse, but probably both at the same time, or maybe yeah. not. But, um, you know, praise God, because you be able, you can step back and say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? Or I see what you're trying to show me here. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, things of that nature. Um, also, pray. Yes, pray. Um, you know, pray that I need your help, you know, send me helpers, send your helpers my way and, and help me be humble enough to receive your helpers when you send them to me. Like there are, there are so many instances in which, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard the story before. Like there's a guy on a boat, um, he's, he's lost out at sea or whatever like that. And he prays to God, God, please send me helpers. Um, a guy come, one guy comes by on a speedboat. He's like, Hey man, you need some help. He's like, no, God said he's going to send me some helpers. <laughs> Another guy comes by, you know, on like a, on a yacht or whatever. He's like, you need some help. He's like, no, God said he's going to send me some helpers. And like, you know, maybe like the police come by on the third time. And then finally, um, you know, he has a conversation with God and he's like, God, what happened with it? I was like, I sent you three. <laughs> like I sent you three. Like th- there's so many times in which we're just not ready for the actual opportunity that God has put us in place. He needs to give us eyes to see, not only just to be able to just to simply say, okay, give us helpers, but give us eyes so that we can actually receive the help that it is that we are praying for. Right. So. Yep. Um, our another third, a third point is kind of like when you are disappointed, go home mm-hmm. and love your spouse yes. <laughs> when you are disappointed. Um, and this is something that has really helped the both of us. I mean, you can read all the podcasts, you all the books, you could listen to all the podcasts, including ours. You can sit under all of the older women and older men in discipleship. 
but you need to get your hands dirty and love selflessly. You know, even yes. when you even when you feel like your spouse does not deserve it, that is what is going to strengthen you. That muscle is that is how that muscle is strengthened. Um, it's kind of like when you have someone who you know they just keep asking you, oh well, what what diet are you doing, or like what what how many reps do you do in the gym? <laughs> and at a certain point, it's like okay, we've been talking about this for five months. You know what to do. Do it. Yeah. Do, just, like, just get out there and, and get. And, and, just get just fall in love with the process and a lot of times a lot of people just like to sit and ask questions to make themselves feel like they are doing something but they're not doing anything you just you need to get in and do it you need to start eating healthy and start working out period that's how that that's what it is you have to do it um and so a lot of times people they'll sit under like older men and older women and they'll they'll just ask them questions or just they'll just pour out their hearts on what's going on in their life and Mm -hmm. you know just to get back god's word to feel like they're actually like doing something but it doesn't work until you literally are in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. saying taking the action even though i feel like i need xyz I am going to continue to push forward and cook this meal and serve this man his food, even though I don't feel he deserves it. Or vice versa, you know, this wife is nagging me today, but you know what? I'm still going to go out and fetch this money for this family or put this bookshelf up or, you know, love my wife, even though I don't feel like she deserves it. That is when you see the fruit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I was also going to add that like it's it's during that particular time that uh, when you don't feel somebody deserves something, you're giving selflessly because the way that Christ, if you looked at it when he was betrayed, when he was, you know, felt like he, I'm sure he felt like he was done wrong when not only did Peter deny him, right? He looked at Peter when it happened. Like, dang, bro, you actually did, you know, like you you messed up. But it wasn't just him who ran. If if you look at if you look at those scriptures, it says that they all deserted him. They all deserted him. So it wasn't just Peter, it was all the guys. And literally after he comes back, after the resurrection, he goes and has a fish fry with these dudes. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like how how comfortable do you think that was? Like, I'm sure those dudes were like, man, I don't know. You know, it's funny because before he was crucified, they were clamoring at the table to see to sit as close as possible to Jesus. That's so funny. But to me, after the first, after the resurrection, I wouldn't be so eager to sit close to Jesus after I ran away from him and wasn't there for him, you know, and 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 betrayed him essentially. Amen. People know when they do you wrong, man. Yeah. And 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 I think that I think that the way that Jesus Christ led us in that way, he gave us the perfect example that even after someone does you wrong, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. That that person that you're married to is your sister or your brother in Christ. And we are called to forgive. We are called to be selfless and we're called to serve. And forgiveness does not mean, oh, I forgive you, but... uh I'm going to love you from a distance. That's not what that means, nope. especially in marriage. True forgiveness um, does not mean, oh, I forgive you in my heart, but I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. No. Forgiveness means I forgive you even if you don't see. Because a lot of times your spouse really does not see what they be doing. Like, yeah. And so even if you don't see it, I forgive you, and I'm going to just 
address it if it's if it's a really really like top concern. Yeah. But sometimes I'm I'm just gonna let it go. Yep. And and here's your here's your here's your dinner on the, on the table. I love you. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, I hear that. I'm getting a lot of grace in this family. Seriously, I no, and so, no. So am I. So am I. So am I. Both we, both we, ways. Both we, ways. We both ways. ways. Amen. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Get your hands dirty and go love your spouse. Alrighty, y'all. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. We that's all we got for you this week. Um, we will be back um, with another podcast. Um, we can't wait um, to just kind of unroll all the stuff we have we got a lot of stuff lined up for you well um ponder on this hope that you guys like it um let us know comment all that good stuff please do um, give us your feedback we want to hear back from you guys as well all righty guys thank you have a good one bye bye